0: Welcome to the Rock House Baptist Church Podcast. It is air prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to grow closer to God and to share Him with others. If you would like to find out more about this church, or how you can connect, grow, and go, then be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org. And now, today's message. As we've been going through the Word together, for those of you that don't know, we've been going through the Bible together as a church. And uh, the way this works, in case you don't know how we uh, determine what to preach each week this year, because we're, we're doing this reading plan, uh, we take the the weeks reading that you have as a church, those five days, and we say, okay, which one of these passages should we? Preach from So we, we, we picked one of those five, and uh, so far it's amazing to me how the Holy Spirit has worked it out to be uh, to give us a passage that I think the church has needed to hear each week. And we went through quite a bit of Bibles so far. Last week we talked about the prophet Jonah and the importance of obeying God, and when God says go, you need to go, you need to go the right way, and you just need to be obedient to the Lord. And today we look at another one of the prophets in our reading for this coming week. And this is a a pretty important prophet by the name of Isaiah. Isaiah, his book is, is located right there almost in the middle of your Bible. And Isaiah was one of these guys that his ministry as a prophet of the Lord spanned across several different kings, King Uzziah, King Hezekiah. And so he was a mouthpiece of God through a lot of different events In the history of God's people. And this took place some 700 or so years before Christ ever walked on the face of the earth. And like many of the prophets, the way they would work, and the way Isaiah worked quite often, is they would just observe what's going on around them. They'd look at the events, they'd look at uh, the signs of the times, we may say, they'd look at the direction the people are headed. And in light of God's word and God's command, they would help guide the people in the direction that God wanted them to go. Now, more often than not, this meant looking at the sinful direction the people were headed and saying, if you guys don't straighten up, God's going to do something really bad to get you lined out and try and guide the people towards repentance and back into a a good relationship with the Lord. Now, sometimes, in some cases, these prophets, uh, they would foretell things that would happen in the future. sometimes, way on down the road. And I'll be honest with you, there's no way they could know or understand or even be able to communicate these things apart from a very special revelation from God himself. And that's what we find in Isaiah chapter 53 this morning. That's what we're going to be looking at today. Isaiah chapter 53, it's a prophecy that would not be fulfilled in Isaiah's lifetime. It would actually be fulfilled, like I said, some 700 and some odd years later in the life and especially the death and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 53. It's only 12 verses. Honestly, it's one of the more important chapters in the Bible. And let's read these verses together. Isaiah writes, Who has believed what we've heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Then he mentions a he. He says he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. As you read these prophets in the Old Testament and you go through your reading plan, you'll realize they use a lot of colorful language. He says he didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him. No appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains, but we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed. Because of our iniquities, punishment for our peace was on Him, and we are healed by His wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished, not us, Him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet He did not open His mouth, like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before her shearers. He did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment. And who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death. Because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed, he will prolong his days, and by his hand the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. And after his anguish he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry their iniquities. Therefore I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil. Because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels, yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. Let's pray about this right quick. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come together as the church to celebrate, God, these changed lives, the power of Jesus' gospel. And Lord, I pray that as Isaiah uh, tells in another passage, Lord, that this morning your word would go forth and not return void. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, it's a really interesting passage of Scripture, isn't it? What in the world is Isaiah talking about? Who is Isaiah talking about? Well, because of the New Testament and because of what we see and we know from the Gospels and from the accounts about the Lord Jesus, we know that he's talking about Jesus, who would come some 700 years after he wrote these words down. And this prophecy was fulfilled in the death and the suffering and even in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this particular chapter, right in the middle of the Old Testament, gives us some pretty good insight into the events of Jesus' crucifixion and his death, sometimes even more than the Gospels give. And they... The Gospels corroborate what Isaiah wrote some 700 years before it ever happened. And there's several things that Isaiah reminds us of about the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first thing that that is that he reminds us of is that Jesus was one of us. and he was a man, that He was God incarnate, God in the flesh, that Jesus, as Isaiah paints this picture, he left the perfection of, of heaven and the perfection of the presence of God the Father and He goes into a place... Well, first of all, think about that. Think about what He left. He left a place where there was no sickness, where there was no pain, there was no sorrow, no death, there was no sin or any of the consequences that sin brings about. And He became one of us. And we have studied about this man called King David... In recent weeks, and we realize that Jesus was of the lineage of King David. However, Isaiah tells us that he was not royalty. He was not majestic in appearance or in life. Isaiah says he wasn't very impressive that we should desire him. That he left a place where there was no sorrow to come and be, as Isaiah says, a man of sorrows. That he left a place where there was no sickness so that he could know sickness. And not only that, but that he could bear and carry our sickness and carry our pain. And I want you to know today, 700 years, no, many more than 700 years now after Isaiah wrote this. 2,700 years after Isaiah said this, that today Jesus still wants to carry your pain and carry your burden. And even carry your sickness. As that song says, you all know, if you've got pain, he's a what? He's a pain taker. If you feel lost, He's what? A way maker. If you need freedom or saving, the Bible teaches that our Jesus is a prison shaking Savior. And if you've got chains this morning, guess what? He's a chain breaker. Even today. But not only that, Isaiah teaches us that as he says, Jesus was led away like a lamb to the slaughter. What a picture. He talks about how he was pierced because of whose rebellion? Our rebellion. And I think that's the place where we all at some point in our life have to come to. Where we will just face the reality that it, that day in, in history 2,000 years ago that the Son of God, God's only begotten Son, Took our sin and our shame and our guilt upon Himself. And I think at some point in your life, you have to, at least in your mind, stand there before the cross of Christ and see the Son of God bearing all of your filth on Himself and suffering for you. And I believe that it's in that moment, in the valley of decision, where you will either say, You know what? Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me, forgive me for my sin. And be saved, or you'll turn and you'll walk the other way. And when you do that, you act as if what Jesus did never mattered, that his sacrifice meant nothing. Don't do that. Not only did Jesus suffer, we know what, how he suffered. Isaiah talks about how he was punished how He was pierced. We read the Gospels and we realize that He was beaten, that He was whipped, that He was flogged, that they, they tore the flesh from His bones. We, we know that He was spat up on because of our sin. His beard was plucked out because of our sin, that they drove nails through His feet and His hands and, 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 and pinned Him to an old rugged cross and hung Him there to be crucified because of our sin the Gospels tell us that he was pierced in the side, as Isaiah foretold, for our sin. And he suffered for you and for me. But Isaiah goes a little farther. Not only did he suffer, Isaiah says that he was assigned a grave with the wicked. Some people want to dispute this, but you've got to realize Jesus literally died. As he hung there on the cross suffering for our sins, there came a point in time where his heart could not beat any longer. Where he took his last breath on the cross. His brain ceased to function and and the body of Jesus literally died on that cross. He died for us. He died in our place so that we could be saved. Jesus died for us, so that means that no matter what we've done in our past, no matter how bad that we think we've been, no matter how many times we've been faced with the gospel and we have walked away, no matter how messed up your life is this morning because Jesus died for you, today you can be saved if you're not saved. Jesus died a substitutionary death for us. You see, we deserve the cross. We deserve to be the ones that was whipped and flogged and beaten and crucified because of our filthy sin. We deserve death. If we're real honest, we'll go so far to say that we deserve eternal separation from God in the pits of hell. That's what we have earned. But thank God there was a substitute that took our place. But not only did Christ suffer, not only did Christ die, Isaiah goes on to say that after his anguish, it says he'll see light and be satisfied. Now, most of you know the story of Christ's crucifixion and how after he died, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus took his body down off that cross. They got the nails out of his feet and hands, they cleaned him up a little bit, and they rushed him over to the tomb where they laid him to rest. And for three days, the body of Jesus laid in that tomb in the darkness, total darkness, and quiet, and silent. And they rolled the stone in front of the door, and then something happened that third day, didn't it? And you can imagine, just like Isaiah said, he will see the light. And, and, and sometime in that, those morning hours on the third day, suddenly that, that stone began to move just a little bit. And there was a little bit of light that came into the the tomb that morning as the angel pushed it away. And and the light of the morning, I think, somehow just glowed with the glory of God. And suddenly Jesus' body began to breathe again. And God raised him back to life. And he walked out of the grave to be alive forevermore on the third day. Paul says in Romans chapter 4 that he was delivered to death for our sins, but that he was raised to life for our justification. What does he mean? In certain parts of the world, when you go to buy something, you go up to a little shop or a marketplace in certain areas of the world, you won't find a price tag on anything. You just pick something out and you start putting money down. And if the shopkeeper's satisfied with the price, he'll pick the money up. But if not, he'll just stand there and Hopefully you give Him some more. But if He's pleased with the payment, He'll take the money and you can redeem that item. And in the same way, God on the third day of, after Jesus' death, God was pleased with the payment that Christ had made on the cross and He raised Jesus back to life for our justification. We're justified because the resurrection is the proof that what Jesus did on the cross for us was enough for us to be saved. So not only do we have a Savior that suffered for us, not only do we have a Savior that died for us, but today we have a Savior that lives for us. He sits at the right hand of God, mediating between God and man. And one day our Savior's coming back. He lives that you can be saved today. That, that, that He Himself said, when one sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. Isn't that awesome? You realize that could be you this morning. You could be the reason that heaven shouts with praise for what Jesus has done in your life today. I think that's the purpose of this passage here, tucked away in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 53. I think it's there to point us to Jesus, to tell us about the gospel message. And we see in the New Testament over in Acts chapter 8. I love this story. I want to share it with you. In Acts chapter 8, we read about a man named Philip. Philip the evangelist who loved to tell people about Jesus. And God sends him out to this place and he sees an Ethiopian official, an Ethiopian, Ethiopian eunuch traveling. And he's probably got this big entourage of people with him from Ethiopia. And the Spirit leads... Philip to go and have a gospel conversation with this man in the middle of nowhere. And lo and behold, what is this Ethiopian official reading? He's reading from the scroll of Isaiah. And not only from that scroll, he's reading from this passage of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 53 that we read this morning. And Acts chapter 8 verse 34 says, The eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about? Himself or someone else? See, he was reading, but he didn't understand. And so Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. And as they were traveling down the road, they they came to some water. Philip said, I'm sorry, the eunuch said, look, there's water. And notice his question. What would keep me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so he ordered the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Isn't that a beautiful story? That could be you this morning. I think it's, it's amazing how the Spirit works these things out. I couldn't have planned this any better. The day that we baptized people and got a hot tub full of water, we get to preach a gospel message. Isn't that funny how God works? See, that could be you this morning. There's pe- I, you know who you are. There's people here this morning that need to make that decision. You need to take that step. And my prayer for you today is that you'll do that before, before this day is over with. You've heard the gospel from the Old Testament, now from the New. You've heard how Jesus suffered for you, how He died for you, how He took your place on the cross, how He was raised back from the grave. And all you have to do this morning is just like this Ethiopian official, just call out to Him, acknowledge that He is the Son of God, invite Him into your life, place your faith in Him for salvation, and believe that what He did for you on the cross was enough for you to be saved today. And God will save you. Turn from your sin and turn to the Lord. And I love, I love, I love, I love this guy's attitude when he said, what would keep me from being baptized? What's keeping you from being baptized? What is it that's keeping you from being saved? Do you think you're going to get good enough to finally be uh, worthy of being saved? No, you won't. You'll never get your life the way that you think it should be. You just need to come to Jesus with all of your garbage and watch how he cleans it up and sorts it out. Don't let anything stop you from making the most important decision that you'll ever make in your life. You will never make a greater decision because that decision right there affects the rest of eternity for you. It's a heaven or hell decision. It's a life or death choice today. And there is nothing, nothing in this life, nothing in this world that is worth you going to hell over. Jesus has paid the price for you. All you got to do is receive the gift. I want to pray for you this morning. Let's stand together. Father, today has been such a wonderful day. We've got to celebrate Jesus changing lives here. (laughs) Lord, we've got to celebrate our risen Savior and sing His praises this morning. But Lord, at the same time, we realize, Lord, that God, there's folks in this room that need Jesus today. There are people watching this message online and listening to it who need Jesus and God right now in this moment it is my prayer that your spirit would convict that you would search our hearts that you would tear down whatever walls there are that we've tried to to put up between us and you and God I just pray that you would give people the courage to take that step of faith and accept Jesus accept him for who he is accept salvation find forgiveness find peace God, maybe there's even someone here that's done that, but they've not been obedient and they need to be baptized this morning. God, I just pray that You would work in this place. If there's folks listening online or on the radio, I pray that You would just work in their heart right wherever they're at. Lord Jesus, thank You for taking my place on the cross. Thank You for the punishment that should have been mine that You took upon Yourself. We are forever grateful. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in today. Remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.